What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out, there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. What is up and welcome back to the Do Your Crap podcast. This is your host, Micah Folsom, and we have an incredible guest on with us today. She is world renowned and I am so, so excited to dig into everything with her today. We have Andrea Nakayama on with us and she is a functional medicine nutritionist an educator who has led thousands of clients and now teaches even more coaches and clinicians around the world in a revolution, reclaiming ownership of both their own and their clients' health. As the host of the 15 minute matrix podcast and the founder and former CEO of functional nutrition Alliance, Andrea draws on systems, biology, mental models, root cause methodology, and the therapeutic partnership to offer long awaited solutions for the rapidly growing chronic illness epidemic. After losing her young husband to a brain tumor in 2002, she discovered a passion for using food as personalized medicine and is now regularly consulted as the nutrition expert for the toughest clinical cases in the practices of many world-renowned doctors. She trains nearly 4,000 practitioners each year in her methodologies so that they too can become the last stop for their clients and patients, as well as a trusted referral partner for doctors in their area. This is going to be filled with so many nuggets. And this is the stuff that so many people struggle with. Where do I begin? Why am I in pain? Why am I trying everything and nothing is working? So let's dig into everything when it comes to nutrition from the inside, from the root cause of all of the all of our health issues. I can't wait to dig in to this conversation. We'll turn it over to the chat. All right, Andrea, welcome to the show. I, I mean, we were chatting before this. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you, Micah. Of course. So let's start where it all began. Let's start. Take us back to your story. What got you into all of this? Just fill us in. Yeah, so uh, I was working in book publishing for a, over a decade when my husband, my late husband, was diagnosed with a very aggressive brain tumor called a glioblastoma multiforme. When he was diagnosed, I was seven weeks pregnant. So we hadn't my even heavens. announced to our friends and family that we were pregnant before we had to come forward and say, we have a brain tumor that we're dealing with. So he was given about six months to live. Again, we do the math there. 
doesn't mean that he would be alive to see our son born. We didn't even know it was a son at that point, obviously. So uh, we went into high gear and I took all my passion for food and just started reading about where we could have an influence, not only on his outcomes, but on his ability to weather the storms, the medical yeah. storms that we were about to go through, surgeries, radiation, chemotherapy of various different sorts. And he went into high research mode with which treatments to do because he was young in his early 30s. So sort of a poster child for what at that time was a condition that didn't happen to as many young people 20 or so years later, that's not unfortunately the case anymore. So Isamu, my late husband, who at this recording, his, his birthday would be this weekend. Um, so uh, at the time, he was again given six months to live, and he lived about two and a half years. So he did live wow. to see our son born, to have about a year and a half of imprinting on our baby boy, who's now 22. And that was a gift in many ways. And it wasn't for several years after Isamu died that I realized this was my passion. I was I was exposed to the gaps in healthcare and I wanted to fill those gaps in healthcare. And ultimately I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition and seeing more gaps there. And so that was all a wake up call for me where I could take this interest I had in cooking and food and really turn it into something that could help people who particularly are sick and not getting better, which is a lot of people these days. Yeah, yeah. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, this is amazing. So first of all, I, sh I shouldn't have these types of conversations when I'm pregnant because I'm like on the verge of just like tears. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even picture that. So I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, Thank you. I mean, it's incredible that what I, like there's like a resounding theme, the, the turning pain into purpose. I feel like there yes. is so much of what we go through in life I hate the phrase, like everything happens for a reason, but when you, when you have such a deep pain and then you're able to just make such an impact and a difference from that, it's like there, there's meaning there that just is unlocked. So just thank you for everything that you yes. do. I'm like, okay. Yes. okay. Oh, I need to <laughs> crying tears. I call it oh post-traumatic growth. Yes. Right? So where absolutely. is there opportunity for post-traumatic growth? We're going to have, it's not like yeah. that grief doesn't live with me always and forever. 
and what we went through, but how can I turn that experience, not out of will, but out of mission into something that can serve beyond what I went through. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, so you mentioned the gaps, you, you notice the gaps as you're going through this with your spouse and then with your own journey, this is what I mean, I think is so, so apparent right now is there's so many gaps in the medical field. And it's like, you go to doctors and you trust them and you're so hopeful. And then it's, it's like prescription, this and medicine, that, and da da da. And I'm like, ah, like it drives me crazy. So what were some of those gaps that you noticed first and foremost, and then how have you been able to bridge those gaps with all of your studies and everything? Yeah, I love that you're asking that because to begin with the gaps were that I saw my beloved treated like a diagnosis, which Mm. was very surprising. At that time in our lives, we maybe went to the doctor for an ailment or two in our lives, right? A broken arm, tonsillitis, whatever it might be. We had never been in the system. Right. Right. So all of a sudden we were in a system and I was like a wake up call. Like he is his diagnosis. He's Mm -hmm. not Isamu. He's not my lover, my loved one, a father to be a son, a brother, a musician. None of that mattered. And that was surprising to me to see somebody treated like their diagnosis alone. I also saw what I call the X for the Y that everybody with the same diagnosis Mm. was treated the same and it didn't matter exactly and now I train thousands of practitioners a year and it's always fun for me to train the nurses because we get a lot of nurses coming through my training program that they have to admit that they're stuck in the x for the y they want the protocol for everything but a protocol does not acknowledge the truth of the individual if they had a protocol for a glioblastoma which was isamu's tumor that had been used on 70 80 year olds not on 31 year olds. And so he became again, like a poster child for the success metrics of the treatments that they had, because they never saw somebody respond so positively Mm -hmm. in that time period. So again, gaps in treating the person, not the condition, and also a gap where we only think through the lens of uh, public health versus personalized health. It's not that you're an N of one, you are going into this protocol. As I went forward, I saw gaps in diagnoses. I saw gaps in what happens between appointments, which is where we come in as patients, you know, which is each and every one of us. I saw so many gaps stacking up that leave those of us who are looking for answers kind of left to what we might find online and more so these days Mm. on social, which is not healthcare. And so I was really looking to say, how do we put people in there that can be guides on the hero's journey to finally feeling better? That's incredible. That's incredible. And I love what you're doing where you are training the practitioners, you're helping them broaden their perspective and get the training in the, like, we need this so badly. I'm just like, when I was reading through all of your stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's like, oh, I love it. I love what you're doing. So let's, I want to, I want to dig into some of the nutrition side, especially a lot of our listeners. I mean, that's life. 
You need to fuel your body. You need to do it well. Nutrition is medicine, in my opinion. Like, I mean, the anxiety, the depression, the the inflammation, the autoimmunity. There's so many things that are just rampant right now. And it breaks my heart because so many people are just struggling and they're feeling frustrated and don't know where to turn and want to get on the meds. And I know there's a time and a place for that. Absolutely. I'm not like anti-meds at all, but it's like, Oh, like if more people just felt more empowered and educated and more knowledgeable in this area, we could help so many more people. So where do you want to take this with nutrition? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I've learned a lot in my decade plus, almost two decades of working with thousands of clients and working with 10 times as many practitioners who are working with their clients. And I think that starting point is different for each of us. And I want to recognize that and also recognize, as you said, I am not anti-medication either. I am the yes and. We are not here to put our hands on our hips and say, food is medicine. Don't do, no. If you're dealing with a medical condition, you need a medical team. But again, there are some gaps and those gaps occur in what you're doing to support yourself. So I have a lot of systems that help us think into where to start. One of those systems is what I call the three tiers of nutrition mastery. Tier number one are the non-negotiables. And we can talk about how to approach those. Tier two is deficiency to sufficiency. And tier three is dismantling the dysfunction. Most of the time, our practitioners, our medical system is jumping to tier three Mm -hmm. without recognizing that that dysfunction that's happening in our body is happening in a terrain. I think of it as the root is the dysfunction, something wrong with that root, but that root lives in soil. And so I believe where we have more power and can be more empowered is in focusing on the other areas because no one else is. But we as patients are also looking for the protocol. I have Hashimoto's, what's the protocol? Oh, she has Hashimoto's and she wrote a book. That means I should do X, Y, Z. Oh, I can't do X, Y, Z. So forget all of it, right? It's not about a protocol. Think about the terrain. So if we go back to those non-negotiables, here one, I think of sleep, poop, and blood sugar balance as our non-negotiable trifecta. So even if you aren't able to make dietary changes for whatever reasons. And there are a lot of reasons, anti-diet culture, body positivity are, you know, really up right now. It's a funny terrain in which to be a nutritionist, Mm -hmm. but we can step back and say, how am I supporting myself to actually be able to make those decisions? And I love how you talk about what's sexy and what's not sexy, (laughs) because what I'm talking about is not sexy because people want the quick fix. But what I see too often is that the quick fix promises the hope, but ultimately leaves them helpless. And then they're in a spiral of seeking and not Mm. getting results and ditching things that could have been beneficial at the right time, at the right pace, at the right dose, with the right support. And that's missing. So sleep, poop, and blood sugar balance. Sleep is gonna impact all of those things. We think, for instance, oh, I gotta work on my microbiome, the gut microbiome and the gut brain connection, like you were saying, with anxiety, with depression. Sleep is one way 
we actually impact our gut microbiome. Sleep helps us with our blood sugar balance. So sleep is really critical to honor, I'm saying this to you as a parent and a parent-to-be with many young people, sleep is probably not your best friend, right? <laughs> it's your best friend, but not your ally at the moment. Right, right. But prioritizing sleep, and then we can get to the poop, which allows us to talk a little bit more about nutrition, but I'll just pause because I could talk about this forever. Oh, I love it. I'm like, I'm just here for it. I just want to listen. I'm writing notes. Like, like, what would you say? Okay. For the mom who's listening and she's like, okay, great. I know how much, I know how important sleep is. I hear it all the time. What do I do? Like, what do I do? My kids up multiple times a, a night, blah, blah, blah. Like what, where do you improve that when you're just yes. in the season of like, this is the reality, right? Now? Yeah. And that is the reality that you're going to have times where sleep isn't, you're not able to get as much as you'd like and you right. feel it and you feel the pressures. And that's just a reality. And the reason I love that reality is because realities are going to happen throughout life. We're going to say we're also tending to some other thing like exercise and then something happens that takes us off. And we have to recognize that the world and the insults of the world are like an infinity loop. Those things are happening. They go back into our body. We are then responding. And that's every day. That's Mm -hmm. every single day. Stress of work, stress of kids, stress of spouse, things happen, travel, hello life. So recognizing periods of life or stages of life is really critical. Also, I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make, particularly women, is we stay up later because we want our alone time. Mm. And so we catch that second wave, which is the contrary thing to do to support our hormones because we want that time alone. So I would say if there's another time you can carve that alone time out and allow yourself to go to sleep, even if it's when the kids are going to sleep at eight o'clock, you're going to be better served for your long-term decision-making, for your productivity, for your parenting, than staying up late and then trying to sleep in and being fatigued then. Not that you can sleep in with little ones. But. <laughs> no, but I love that because it really is like it's at, at night, especially when it's been a long day, you're all touched out. You've like talked to kids all day long and you're like, oh, finally just have a moment. And now, and then all of a sudden you're like, and now I can get all this stuff done and I can be creative and I can pour into this. But it's like, when you do that, you it's, you live on the hamster wheel of then you wake up feeling exhausted and you did it all over again. And your body's paying for it because you didn't get the sleep that you need. So just becoming aware that, oh, this is essential. This is such a building block to your health. And it impacts all of the things that right now are frustrating you, your gut health, your energy, your all of the things. So awareness around this, I think is step one period. So I love that you're talking about this. Yeah. And that there is a physiological mechanism. I'm not just saying that like to help us feel good. This is what makes it functional is that I'm understanding where our stress hormones exist. I'm understanding how our stress hormones are related to our other hormones, our sex hormones, then our cycles, recognizing that connection, our cortisol levels should be low at that time of going to sleep. If we catch that wave, Mm. we're going to have better sleep and fall asleep more easily. If we're trying to fall asleep when our cortisol is rising to get us to wake up in the morning, we're going to have 
sleep that isn't as solid, isn't as nutritive for the body and is going to impact all the hormones. And we do that for years. We're setting ourselves up for some challenges. Unfortunately, I say at, you know, at 57. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, well, and it's like all sleep is not created equal. So just because when you're going to sleep at midnight and then you still have seven hours, that midnight to seven sleep is not nearly as beneficial as like the eight to whatever seven hours is after that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay, cool. Cool. Let's move on to poop. This is going to be a good one. (laughs) So poop helps us to understand what we're putting in our body. And again, like you said, beautifully paying attention and bringing it to our awareness is one way we can start to think about what we're consuming and what makes a difference. So poop, I think of as our best personal diagnostic tool. Oftentimes today, people are looking for all sorts of tests or trackers. Mm, Just look in the toilet after you go to the bathroom. It tells you so much more than a lot of those things that we're looking for, or it might be a step that's first before those other types of trackers. So when we pay attention to our poop, we can tune into what makes a difference for us. I like to give people um, what I'm gonna call dietary parameters versus rules, because I've learned that the rules can be very triggering and Mm. can lead to a lot of feelings of failure. And so one of those parameters is the primary one, fat, fiber, protein at every meal. Fat, fiber, protein, that's gonna help you manage your blood sugar. It's gonna help you think about what am I releasing? Am I feeling, your poop is your detox. Your sleep is your detox, right? Those are the ways we wanna expel what we don't need on many levels. And so fat, fiber, and protein are gonna help with our growth metabolism and repair, which is what nutrition is. So we can talk about what those are, but I would just say at every meal, if you're grabbing something off the kid's plate and it's a carb, put some nut butter on it. Like I just think fat fiber protein as your mantra, every time you consume something, it's going to help with elimination. Elimination helps with so much clarity Mm -hmm. in life. I love that. And even just making that a building block, like an anchor to your lifestyle choices, fat, fiber, protein, like that all, all already eliminates so many of the options that are go-tos right now. So totally, that's perfect. Fat, fiber, protein. Remember that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there perfect. are three, I talk in threes a lot. So that's one principle. The next principle would be eat the rainbow. And if you do have kids, make it playful, make mm-hmm. a chart What colors did you eat today from nature? And that helps us get a lot of the nutrients we need for clarity and productivity and health and healing that we often aren't getting. I can tell you, it's something I kind of run through every day. And I'm thinking, wait, what a minute, wait a minute, what did I get today? And it helps inform my decisions about what to eat, not in a restrictive way, but in an expansive way, because I'm like, wait, what do I have? oh yeah, throw some red peppers in my salad or whatever, my stir fry, because I have it. And it becomes just a playful way of being more inclusive as opposed to exclusive. I love that. And I feel like so many people are resistant to dietary changes because they're 
resistant to restriction. And this is the opposite. It's like, what can you add in, add in the colors, add in the options, add in the variety. So that just feels way more fun and way more like expansive than now I got to cut out all of this stuff in order to feel good. Like that, like that's just doesn't feel very fun. (laughs) No, it doesn't. And we can have a lot of, I'm actually writing right now all about resistance and where resistance lives in our body and produces stress hormones. So if you Mm. find yourself even thinking, I don't want to do a diet. I've had the been on too many diets. I don't want to not eat gluten. I don't want to, don't want to, don't want to. That lives in your body. Again, if we can recognize I'm feeling resistance, then we bring that recognition. We can soften how we're actually talking to ourselves. I love it. I love it. And it's such a personal thing. And I think that's, that's the thing with nutrition that I think is so tricky for people is they're like, there's a million things out there that say, what's the right thing to do and the right thing to this. And then they're like, I don't even know where to start. Like it's so overwhelming and there's so much bio, bio individuality going on and holy moly, like I don't blame people for feeling overwhelmed, but it's like a journey that you have to just embrace and just just allow yourself to learn as you go. Taking a quick time out from the show to make sure that you know that right now I am filling my next month's spot in my virtual gym. This is my space where I get to coach my clients, where I get to help you get aligned with simple workouts and solutions to your fitness and your nutrition and your mindset and supplements and everything that I love and have used personally for the past eight and a half years and will literally use for the rest of my life because of how quick and efficient and simple they make healthy living. This is where I help you get aligned with these solutions. And then I support you and coach you and mentor you on your journey. So if you are ready to get on a direct path to reach all of your health goals while fully living your life, yes, you can still continue to have um, your favorite treats and your favorite things. And we'll teach you how to incorporate those. And it's not deprivation or anything like that. Like I want you to enjoy the process. So we'll make sure you figure out how to do that. If you're ready to take out the overwhelm and the complexity when it comes to creating healthy habits for your family, not just for you, but really involving your family as well. And if you want to align yourself with a community of incredible women to lock arms with and journey with alongside throughout every season of life, then the virtual gym is where you want to be. So go to micafolsomfit.com slash get fit to learn all about it, fill out the goal form so that I can learn more about you. And we can make sure that you get aligned with exactly the right game plan to get you started. I can't wait to chat. Exactly. And at those early stages. So in our clinic, as a functional nutrition alliance, we might work with people who come in eating three foods that is not nutrition either, but they've right, restricted right. their foods because they're reactive to everything. That's where you need help looking inside and saying, why is my body so reactive? Yeah. It's not just about what we put in our body. It's about how we heal the insides as well and their reception for what we're putting in. That's why we need the variety. But I think recognizing where you are is the most important thing. So if you're doing a protocol because you saw it on TikTok or Instagram and it gave somebody else results, but you're coming from free training, 
you're not going to be able to, it's not going to be beneficial for you. So we need to, as you said, be in the journey, step-by-step. We are going to have results when we take small steps. We don't need to take big leaps, but again, we're looking for that protocol. We're looking for that quick fix, even when it doesn't exist. Yeah. I love that. You mentioned baby steps. If someone listening is like, okay, like I'm ready. I want to change. I want to feel better. What are the baby steps? Tell me what to do today that will just get me going, get the wheels turning again. What would you say those are? Yeah. I think what we talked about in like, what are, I call the non-negotiable trifecta sleep, poop, blood sugar balance. But a step prior to that is what are your Mm non-negotiables personally? What do you know helps you feel better or makes you feel worse? In functional medicine, we call these the mediators your mediators are what I'm looking to help you grow. So as if I'm working with you as a clinician, I want you to know more of your mediators. Next week, I want you to go, oh, I actually feel better when I start my morning with a glass of water. We all know some of our mediators. So just the first question is, what do you know helps you feel better? What do you know makes you feel worse? Be honest with yourself, write it down, bring in those better things as much as you're able. And it's not just about food. It's not, it might be sex. It might be, you know, time with your spouse. That's not with the kids. It might be listening to a favorite podcast or having a moment to read a book. Yeah. Embracing those things gives us more of what we need to take the next step. And we don't want to bypass the non-negotiables or the mediators that we already know. I love that. And that takes tuning in. I think oftentimes people are like, I'm like, we're so busy and we're so externally driven that we're not just listening to what our bodies are telling us. Like it will scream loud and clear. That is not good for you. That makes you feel like crap. Stop eating it. But we don't want to listen. We don't want to listen. So I love that. And there's a moment there too, right? Like I don't want, I also recognize that like when we're in that moment, of should I or shouldn't I? So just embracing the should I or shouldn't I moment, those Mm -hmm. chips are in the cabinet or the kids left something on the table and you're like, should I or shouldn't I? That moment is a stressful moment. We start to desire the uh, opioids that we will get from going for it. And that's hard to divide. All we can do in that moment is recognize that we're in that moment And this is where I like to play a little bit for myself with the difference between can't versus don't. When we Mm. tell ourselves we can't, we're going to be like a toddler that says, yes, I can. (laughs) But when we say like, I don't, I don't eat that or I don't engage in that, it's much easier for us to not be in that should I or shouldn't I moment, which is physiologically a moment of stress. And there's no way to ameliorate that stress response other than going for the thing that you're all of a sudden questioning, which is unfortunate because then we feel the response that we might get from that. Right. I love that, that just acknowledging that moment because everybody is like, oh yeah. eh." And it happens multiple times a day. So just learning how to go through that in a, in a more empowered way. Like not, I, I can't have that. Yes, you can. You can have anything you want. 
but I'm choosing not to like that feels so much better. And when it's up to you, that was one of the things that, especially when I'm on my postpartum journey and I'm like really ready to lose the baby weight and just feel better. I do. I switch into this instead of like, Oh, I can't have that. I can't have that. I'm like the healthiest me does not want that. Like that is not serving my goals. It's not bringing me closer to how I want to feel. And you take the negotiation off the table. And I think that's like the emotionally like draining experience when you're going through that every single day. Should I have that? Should I not? I'm trying to eat better, but I can still have that. And it's like, it's just exhausting. Really? Yeah. And the way I drive that home is like, I always tell this story about when my husband was ill and in the last, you know, weeks of his life, my parents were coming to visit and helping with Gilbert, our son, who was, you know, a toddler at the time. And so there was one night where I was at the hospital with my late husband and my parents were having dinner with Gilbert, with little Gilbert. And my dad was eating something that we didn't eat. And my dad, Gilbert asked for it. My dad said, you can't have that. And Gilbert cried and he wasn't a big crier. He was super like kid with equanimity. And my dad then came to me and said, he really wants it. Like you shouldn't deprive him of it. And I'm like, well, what'd you tell him? He said, I told him he can't have it. And I was like, how does it feel when someone tells you, you can't have something like, it's like, you know, you're in the playground. And so it's like, you can't have that. But if my dad had said, you don't eat that or your family doesn't eat that, that would be a different thing to Gilbert because we had had those conversations. We don't eat sugar. We don't eat this is why. So even though he was little, you can think about a vegetarian child or somebody, there is a culture where children understand we do and we don't, which is different than can't. Can't is going to make us rebel. Yes, 100%. I love that. And it's so true because- I've dealt or I've like experienced some kids that have allergies or whatever, and they're having like Reese's and at church and the kid's like, oh yeah, I, I, I don't eat that. I'm and I have an allergy. It's like, it's not a, it's not a hard decision. Like exactly. you just don't eat it. So exactly. once you know that your body does not respond well to certain foods, it really is just making that decision that I don't eat that because it yes. doesn't serve me yes. way easier. It's, a, it's totally easier. And that's the third, like if I talk fat fiber protein is the principle number one, eat the rainbow, principle number two, principle number three comes back to those mediators. It's know your yes, no, maybe list. I feel yeah. great when I eat this for breakfast. When I don't eat that for breakfast, I don't feel as good. Or I'm going to try, does this breakfast feel better? Or does this breakfast feel better? What are the other factors? I also just want to say in every situation, there's a risk reward decision to make. This is what we're in every single day. And it doesn't mean that there aren't times where we take the risk of doing something that isn't 100% positive for us because we realize there's some other reward. And when we're recognizing that we're in that relationship with every decision we make, we understand like, I recognize there is a reward for drinking this glass of wine on this night because I'm with family or Mm -hmm. friends and we're having a good time and I'm going to do it slowly. Whatever it is, embrace that there is a reward. There's not usually a reward from eating the leftovers from your child's (laughs) play, but (laughs) there's really no reward to that. 
I love it. Um, before, do you want, do we need to cover anything else before? I want to ask you one more thing before we wrap up and I want to make sure we cover it. Are we? We're yeah, good? no, we're going where it's good for your Okay. Feet. No, this is so good. I'm like, uh, how much time do we have? Like a million hours? Cause I could chat with you for so long about this. I want to specifically dig into autoimmune and mm-hmm. all of those things that people feel so strapped and frustrated. And I, I am trying everything. I'm eating well, I'm moving my body. I'm not losing the weight. I don't know what to do. Are there things that when someone is diagnosed with an autoimmune, what there's so many different things nowadays, is there kind of a start here? Like, let's start here. This will help reduce inflammation. This will help ease you into things. What would you say to someone that's maybe in that season right now? So I'm going to go on sexy again on the situation. I have an entire model for how we think about autoimmunity. So there are always three roots that are activated in an autoimmune condition. Those are are our genes, our digestion, and inflammation. Each of those things that I call roots, you can think of them kind of like a Venn diagram, have soil that they live in. So our genes are influenced by what's called epigenetic factors. Those are our food, our movement, our environment, and our mindset. If we're Mm. already working with our food, the circle of influence that I would put around food is quality, quantity, diversity, which we talked about with the colors, and timing. And so there might be something that you just slow down Mm. instead of trying to do all of the things think about, you know what? I got my quality down. I know I'm eating really good food. I'm nourishing myself. Everything seems to be really good. Then we can look at quantity. Is quantity appropriate for your body's needs, your movement, your sleep, what you need? But again, I want to take us off of food and say we can't even talk about food without talking about that second route, which is digestion. So this might need some help from somebody who understands what's going on in your digestive system. But we have to remember that nutrition, the digestion is where food meets physiology. The diet or dietary factors could be perfect. You could still be malnourished Mm. because of your body's ability to utilize what you're putting in. Even if you're eating, again, quote unquote, the perfect diet. And that's where we need to optimize the internal function. And for me, that's primary. Like we cannot talk about nutrition or what you're eating without ensuring that you're able to break down and utilize what's coming into your body. And that's the gut health side, right? That's gut health side. And it starts with how we think about food. Like digestion actually starts in our brain. That's called cephalic digestion. When we think about and smell our food, do a prayer, a mantra, take a moment, put your hands on the ball and just be grateful. Those things that seem like they are banal actually get our secretions going to break down our food. And so the circle of influence around digestion is the mechanical, the chemical, the structural, and the microbial. So mechanical, we can start to work on that. That's chewing. We're often not taking the time to chew. Chewing does a lot, not just to 
physically break down the food, but activate the chemical response that helps us to use the chemicals that are in our food. And I mean, the positive chemicals, those are all chemical structures, proteins, fats, carbohydrates. That inflammatory route, the circle of influence that I've created around that is to clear, calm, enhance, and modulate. And I'm giving a lot of stuff here, but hopefully giving some entry points like chew. Think about those circles of influence around food, but with the inflammatory route that clear, calm, enhance, and modulate. Often what we find is that people are not in the calm state and our body cannot heal in a sympathetic dominant state. A sympathetic dominant state is fight or flight. It's not just the fight or flight around doing all the things in the family or at work. It's fight or flight trying to get results. We're searching, we're looking. Yeah, is it yeah. that next thing? Is it the next supplement? That is a sympathetic dominant state. We cannot, no healing will happen in that state. It's not a rest and digest state. It's not a feed and breed state. It's a fight or flight state. And that for me is my major point of recognition. There might be little things that I can recognize are triggers for me. I'll, I'll tell you one that happened this week that is just kind of funny, but it helps recognize where these little things can happen. So uh, my boyfriend and I live about 40 minutes apart from each other. We talk throughout the day, but he likes our nighttime talk. And the night before I didn't sleep very well because I had a lot going on. And I say, I need to go to bed now. I need to go to bed. And he keeps talking. I heard recently, this is called like the Midwestern goodbye. And he's from the Midwest. So I'm like, you know, they never say goodbye. I'm just going. going. Yeah, <laughs> more story. One more story. I can appreciate that he wants to stay on the phone with me. Yeah. He loves me. All of that is positive. But I start amping up because I feel like a trapped animal. I'm saying I need to go. I need to go. It feels like he's ignoring me. He's really just wanting to spend time with me, but I'm recognizing that rise into like, wait, I can't get out of a situation. It's a lovely situation, <laughs> but the reality is my body doesn't know that. Yeah. And so that recognition of those moments that we find ourselves in we can then say, oh, hello, fight or flight. You don't serve me. And the truth is we're in that state more often than not. That's so start powerful. there. I love start it. Start with that recognition. <laughs> I love it. And that's huge because I think especially when someone is in that phase of like, I'm doing everything, there's gotta be something. They are like, levels are high all the time, heightened all the time. And they're so, so they can't even heal their body. Like just knowing this, Correct. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that is so powerful. Mm. Yeah. It's a biggie. It's a biggie. And it's one that in our clinic, we have to talk about all the time because people are in that quest. And yeah. so sit where you are, recognize that response while you're doing what you're doing. Stop looking get off of social media and looking for solutions for your health. They're not about you. And that's where we come back to actually in every clinical situation, there are two experts. There should be two experts in the room. One is the person from whom you're seeking help. And the other is you. Nobody knows you 
more than you. The more you show up and say, I've been trying XYZ, I've noticed ABC, what are your thoughts on this, that, and the other, the more your partner pays attention to you because you are able to speak about your truth instead of handing it all over in desperation, which never works. Yeah. I love that. You are the expert and so are they. So it's like this dual partnership, like we're working together. Yep. I love that. Okay. So clear, calm, enhance, modulate. Yes. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. (laughs) Did I write that right? Okay. I love that. So that's all inflammation. Are there, are there certain foods that you're like, okay, these are the top ones start here. See how you feel. Yeah, I mean, certainly, and I'll just put the caveat on it, that if you're not ready to look at those, don't beat yourself up over it. Focus elsewhere that sleep also helps with your healing, that coming into the rest and digest is really key. So any refined or processed foods are not supportive of the body. If we think about those three tiers I mentioned earlier, non-negotiables, deficiency to sufficiency, sometimes our body cannot heal because it's not getting the appropriate Mm -hmm. nutrients. The foods that we eat that are more processed, that are more chemicalized with, um, you know, industrial chemicals, not natural chemicals, those can actually take some of the nutrients out of our body in order to be processed. So I'm just going to start with the refined foods and, you know, have a reality conversation, especially if we're dealing with chronic signs or symptoms or anything autoimmune, those are not serving you, but start slowly. I mean, I, in my generation, I see a lot of people who are still, still drinking like diet So like, that's their vice, right? So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of processed foods we could be eating that include the refined sugars. So anything that adds to shelf life is likely not supportive of our healing journey. Then we're going to come to other foods that may be more naturally occurring foods that can commonly be inflammatory. So the two that I look at the most are unfortunately gluten and dairy. And if you're not ready to go there and you're like, shut up, (laughs) just stay where you are. Because I just had a conversation like this with my students because they know the physiological impacts of these foods and they want to shout it from the rooftops and it makes people run away. And so notice where you are. Truth is though, those are not helping with your physiological health and healing. And when you're ready to address those, if you're ready to address those, if you need to address those, there is always help to do so without it feeling restrictive and like a punishment, which it should never feel like. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love your approach to all of this because I do feel like you can hear everything, but until you are ready to make the decision that feeling better is more worth it to you than eating all of the bread and cheese and milk, whatever it is, ice cream, until you're ready for that, you are going to just throw walls up and be like, nope, I don't want to hear That's it. That's not true for me. I yes, tried that. I, I'm work. different. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it's something magical when you finally are ready and you're like, just 
I just need to know what to do. Tell me what to do it. I'm willing to do it. I want, I like want to feel better so badly. And once you're there, I just love that all of this information that you're sharing, like, I know that our listeners are just going to eat it up. Like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been searching for. So I'm just so here for this. You're amazing. No, thank you. (laughs) So I'm so sad we have to wrap this up. Like I said, I could just talk to you for hours. Where can we find more of you, what you put out there, get connected with you, all of the things. Thank you. So if you go to andreanakayama.com, lots of A's in that, that'll lead you to my current writing and work, to my podcast, to my uh, to the work that I do at the Functional Nutrition Alliance, which is the company I founded and where we train other practitioners and also see clients virtually. That one location will take you to all the places. So Andrea Nakayama, also on all the socials, Andrea Nakayama will take you all the places. Amazing. You are incredible. Thank you so much once again for just pouring into us, for giving us so much of your knowledge and your time. Y'all, if you found this valuable, which I don't know how you could not (laughs) make sure that you share this with your clients, with your friends, with your teammates, with your sisters, like everybody, I feel like the more educated we are, the more empowered we feel, the easier it is to make those choices that help you feel better. And so I just want to, I I just love having guests like you on that just help you feel like, oh my gosh, I can take control of my health. I can do this. Like it's not something scary or overwhelming or hard. I can take it one step at a time and I have the tools and resources and you're giving people that. So just thank you once again. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Of course. All right, y'all, this was incredible. One of my faves for sure. Make sure you share it. Probably go back and listen to it multiple times. I'm going to do that. That is for sure. And we will see you back here in another week. Wrapping up another episode. And I just want to thank you for sticking around before you head out. I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me at Micah Folsom Fit so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.